Marsh is still for Petrangelo, right for Eichel. He shoots and scores! Off the bar it is! Tie-game! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Stone sets up Eichel across the line. Left wing Barbashev, Stone in front shot, score on the rebound! First try got stopped, second time gets through. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard hanging out in Studio 31. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet. On the 215, home of the. We got a tight one going today. I know we're uh, going to get into Boston and Vegas in overtime last night at T-Mobile Arena, but uh, here at City National, uh, there's a big weekend event happening, and uh, all the teams from the region are in town. And right now, the 14-year-old Triple A's are on the ice. The boys team, and it's Vegas against San Jose, and it's 3-1 Vegas right now. The Vegas team is actually the 13-year-olds. They're playing a year up in this game, and, boy, at that age, there's some size difference in a year uh, birth uh, difference, and uh, there's been some big hits, but Cole Cassidy, plus two right now, working on a 3-1 lead. Uh, Bruce Cassidy's son putting out a pretty good effort. I'm they're late in the third period right now. My my attention is split. Oh, that's awesome! I'm excited for that. It's good. To, there's three there's one, nothing three like the Vegas vibe. Lead. Like, come on. There's Against nothing like the vibe of a of a minor hockey tournament. I Wonderful. love it. And and City National gets so many of these events coming through. And I've talked about it a couple of times where you get uh, half the teams playing ball hockey in the hallway uh, or mini sticks and the other half are on the ice and the parents are excited. And, uh, of course, Mackenzie River's packed. And, and this is pretty cool. But uh, the kids are wearing the uh, the red sweaters. Remember the, the sweaters that the Golden Knights wore in the Tahoe game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, those alternate sweaters, that's the sweaters that the uh, the Vegas team. So it's a 3-1 lead against San Jose right now, trying to beat the kids a year older. The goalie for Vegas has been outstanding. Oh, wow, look at that. I, I mm. love the fact that they're wearing the reverse retro 1.0s. Those are fantastic. I can guarantee you this. If Chris Chapman would have been hit like one of the Vegas players got hit, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's not coming back. It, it was uh, There's something about uh, youthfulness. That allows you to get up after a, a pacing like a yeah, body check like that. Yeah, you're flexible. There's no way uh, Chapman gets uh, gets back up after what that. Are you, what are you talking about? Why? What, what did I do? To Chapman deserve? can take some damage. Yeah. He jumped off a pier. Yeah, into the ocean, which is not soft, by the way. Chapman, have you ever been flattened yes, by a I, body I, check? I played football by a body check like that i i've been smashed i can only imagine the amount of force you hit the water with after jumping off a pier yeah it, well listen oh, you do a pencil dive on that kind of thing well guess what i i have no idea what the hell a pencil dive is and i didn't if 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 that's the thing i certainly did not do that but listen i i played football i played kick and punt returner i've been demolished like i mean i've been hit hard now I'm certainly not coming back into a game like what happened with Mark Stone last night. Like, I saw that and I'm like, nope, I'm not. I'm. There's no way I'm coming back on the ice with that. Is he gone? I don't know. Did we lose him again? Oh boy. Oh, 
I think maybe. Um, well, <laughs> while Darren gets <laughs> reconnected here. We'll, we'll say he's not getting up from one of those hits either. Well, no, clearly not. I mean, yeah. the, the electronics have done him in today. Yeah, just just the thought of it. He, he got disconnected. Could from you imagine? Could you imagine that? Like, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that you wouldn't get up from it. I think you would. Like, eventually. Yeah, eventually I'd get up. Body checks, they, they suck. They're I not always, fun. Listen, there's, a, there's something about just making sure you get up and not giving the other guy the satisfaction of knowing that, that – he 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 smashed you to the point where you couldn't get up, but yeah, I mean that that game. You know what? It was kind of deceptively mm-hmm. physical because, like, it was a type of game where there there weren't any fights or anything like that. But there were a lot of like even the Mar- when Marcia so got got banged up a little bit, mm-hmm. and he had to go to the bench and have I guess some some work done on his on his face. So, okay, that that game was interesting for a number of different reasons, and I, I imagine we will get Darren Millard reconnected from Studio 31, or maybe, just maybe, the, the, the gameplay took a, t- took a sharp turn and uh, the attention was had to go in that direction. But that all being said, you, you kind of look at, and maybe where Darren was going with uh, bringing up the, the body checking, bringing up uh, the amount of physicality, even in the youth game, was to segue into what, we saw last night between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Boston Bruins. And for those just joining us, we are going to get into our game ratings. We've got the hockey parlay con- contest coming up a little bit later on. We've also got one-timers now or number two. Uh, Bruce Cassidy had like an all-time media availability last night after the game. Uh, Chris Chapman, I know you were in the room for it. Uh, kind of want to d- dive into that a little bit. But, you know, you look at the game last night for the Golden Knights, and it- it- I find it interesting that after the game, the conversation centered around this team trying to get back to being the Vegas Golden Knights, trying to discover or rediscover what, you know, their identity is and, you know, needing to play to that identity against a really good Boston Bruins team um, was paramount. And listen, I know that the Boston Bruins have now dropped three games in a row in overtime, but the Bruins are really good. They are a team that is incredibly connected. And I thought for the Golden Knights, like they went through a lot of adversity last night, getting to the game and then inside of the game. So, you know, one of the big stories, obviously, from last night was losing both Jack Eichel and Mark Stone for a period of time in the second period. And the Golden Knights, here's what I liked about it. And you can agree with me or disagree with me, but this is what I saw in the second period. I thought the first half, first eight, nine minutes of the first period or second period, the Boston Bruins had a push, right? Like the Golden Knights played a great, a solid first period. Boston had pockets, but they weren't as 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 big or as pronounced as the Golden Knights were. And then the first half of the second period, I thought Boston really did push back. And then when Eichel and Stone went out, Golden Knights simplified their game and kind of retook that territorial advantage. Well, Certainly killing the penalty without Eichel and Stone was a big boost. I mean, still, you, you, at that point, it's 0-0. But I think one of the maybe unheralded heroes of last night was Nick Waugh. Mm-hmm. Because when those two guys went off the ice, I don't think Nick Waugh came off the ice at all. Like, it seemed like every minute you looked down and Eichel and Stone were not out there, you saw number 10 out there on the ice. Sure. And it, it was one of those things where – there's, there's, of course, in the press box, you know, we're all kind of paying attention. It's like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. Eichel's not on the bench. Yeah. 
oh, now there's video of Eichel going back to the room. Sure. Well, it looked like it was just a skate plate. Well, what happened? Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Stone's going down, and he looks like he's in a lot of pain. What's going on? Oh, no. Could this, this is bad. And we see Eichel come back before the end of the third period. Yeah. Or before the end of the second period. Helps I mean, kill off a penalty, Helps too. kill off a penalty, yep. And then you see, I thought, you know, and, and I don't know how many people pay attention to this kind of stuff, but mm -hmm. I thought the way the Golden Knights came out for the third period, the way they emptied out of the locker room. It's a little weird. It was a little strange because – because you saw like only like five or six guys come out and yeah. get on the ice and skate. Mm -hmm. They came out in three flights. Yeah. Really. And and the 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 first player in the third flight was Mark Stone. Yes. And it was it was one of those moments, right, where you look at it inside of an 82 game schedule and generally speaking like how players enter the ice after an intermission, it really isn't something that you pay attention to at all. But the fact that we were all waiting for it, right? Like, I think <laughs> everybody's attention inside T-Mobile Arena was focused on the, the tunnel to see if Mark Stone was going to come back. Jack Eichel was in that first flight, so we knew that he was back in, in the game, engaged all that. But we did not know if Mark Stone was coming back into the game. And then he's that first player in the third flight, and you could just sense the emotion in the building come all the way back. It was yeah, amazing. The, the cheering... Um, it, it was it was so strange because they never empty out of the locker room like that. Like yeah. it's always like a straight line, and you know generally there's an order in which they <laughs> hold on, hold on. Do we know that for sure? Because I don't, I don't know. I can't count on one hand the amount of times that I've actually paid attention to how the Golden Knights funnel onto well, the bench. I thought when there were only like five or six guys down on the ice, and that you're was like, a little weird. You're like waiting and waiting, and you're like. What the hell's going on here? I know they're all not injured. Yeah, did they yeah. did they quit? I know, you know. I know. I was sitting there thinking to, to myself too, like, okay, we're we're gonna have one line and a goaltender. Yeah. That's what we had. And then everyone else is gonna stay in the back and watch. Yeah. Like, what is going on? So having said all that, like one of the things that I've noticed over the last couple of games has been this idea that, you know, when you look at last season, the Golden Knights did a really good job playing through some of that injury adversity. And you know, certainly when they when they got themselves back after the bye week and the All Star break, they were nearly unbeatable down the stretch. But the the simple fact is, this team was able to deal with injuries last season, and not just tread water, but pick up points, right? Collect points, accumulate points to the direction to the the degree that Bruce Cassidy wanted them to and needed them to. And yes, there were lulls, but by and large, they were able to move past that. They were able to collect points. They were able to put themselves in a really good spot. And so what we've kind of seen recently, at least from some some factions with, within the fan base, is that the depth scoring isn't where you want it to be or, or hope that it can be during this stretch, and that the Golden Knights are somehow not dealing with this adversity well enough. And, and I pushed back on that last night, specifically inside of that game, because as as I was trying to set up here, they were so incredibly impressive when Eichel and Stone went down. There was a simplification to the game for the Golden Knights. When those two players went down, you mentioned Nick Watt, Chandler Stevenson was involved in that, Brett Howden, uh, Paul Cotter, like everybody to a man decided, okay, if we get to the red line, puck's going deep. And, and it was automatic, and it was one of those situations where you – you kind of count your blessings in a way because Jonas Ronberg inserted in the lineup, and this is not to take anything away from Grigory Denisenko and what he was able to do, but Ronberg is that player. 
right? And so it allowed you more players that were committed to playing that way, and that's how they believed they needed to. And I think in, in some way it kind of snapped them back into this is how you have to play in order to be successful. Yeah, you, you mentioned it. You, they simplify their game. Nothing overly complicated. Mm -hmm. They weren't looking for a perfect play. They weren't trying to make a perfect pass. They just went out there, and they played the way Bruce Cassidy instills them to play. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, Brett Howden, again, all these guys who were a big part of them winning last year who kind of get lost in the shuffle, mm -hmm. Brett Howden, one of those guys. I mean, he was out there delivering some big hits. I mean, Brett Howden, he doesn't – He. what's funny about Howden is you, you look at him, and he doesn't look like a guy who carries – a lot of a lot of I don't want to say strength right that's not right but he doesn't look like a guy who's going to go out there and demolish you and deliver a big hit right he, he he's he's a pretty clean cut guy he's mm -hmm. he, he he I think he plays a lot bigger than he is there's a recklessness to his game that I think takes people a bit by, by surprise. surprise yeah yeah because there's there's a big body aspect to it he does hit he isn't afraid to make some plays down low in the corner and and i think that you needed that aspect of the game as i, I hear a microphone yeah. reconnecting oh there's darren oh, Millard. hey well, buddy back. how you doing i i, I just take a body restarted check? the whole thing you i, took a I body did check. not take a body check you did get up so if well, if, if, if i you. took that body check that i was talking about earlier yeah there's no way that I'm on this radio show. Not a chance. Gilliam is the uh, little man's name, and uh, and he threw a body check right before that uh, mm -hmm. and flattened his uh, opponent and then took one back, and he was right back in the game. Good. What did I miss? Tell well, me about everything that I missed. That's that's going to be fun. Um, we just, yeah, we, we started talking about last night's game and, and really the response from the Golden Knights in the second period when – both Jack Eichel and Mark Stone left the game uh, in that second period. And, and really the kind of that emotional lift that you got from getting both guys back for the third period. Did it remind anybody else of game one of the Stanley Cup final? When Jack Eichel took the big check mm -hmm. and then came back for the start of the next period? And there was that big lift in the building, and then Jack sets up Jonathan Marshall so for a goal. Yeah, uh, stakes not as high, but for those that were certainly listening on the radio, watching on TV, where you're in tune with everything that's happening, and in the building you know a little bit about uh, what's what's occurring. But but Jack went off with a what looked like a skate issue, so that was the equipment part of it that everybody was focused on. Uh, he didn't realize that uh, that he'd uh, necessarily come back and then left again and was having some uh, difficulty getting down the hallway. Mark Stone, uh, he got uh, the puck off the hand and went right down the hallway. You were aware of that. Marceau was a little bit uh, quieter because he was on the bench, but unless you were looking right down there, you didn't know that he was getting the metal, medical attention. But if you were listening or watching the game on TV, you were right in tune with one guy's down, mm -hmm. another guy's off. Marcius is getting medical treatment. What is happening here? And uh, what a credit to Vegas. Just to those athletes, the players, the coaching staff. Uh, the coaching staff loses two-thirds of, of its top line and uh, a member of the second line. And mm -hmm. you're trying to come up with different combinations. And everybody managed to keep it together. 
and get through that uh, difficult time. So uh, that was a real uh, impressed, uh, impressive performance by coaches and players and medical staff alike, equipment uh, personnel uh, as well uh, with Jack Skate to be able to get through it in a uh, satisfactory situation and get through it uh, with in a in a goalless game and uh and it had to have some kind of boosting effect going into the third period yeah absolutely i, I mean i we kind of touched on the the flights of players coming back onto the bench for the third period and how late of an arrival it was for kind of that third wave of players but mark stone being the guy that walks onto the bench and, and you just kind of got a sense in the building that once everyone saw Mark Stone come back, it felt like everything was going to be okay, which is is not necessarily a feeling that a lot of fans have right now considering some of the injuries the Golden Knights have incurred lately. Well, and then Stone comes back, mm-hmm. uh, Eichel comes back, Marcheseau is knocked out of the lineup for a couple of shifts because he's getting medical attention, but he's back in the fold. So you've got this feeling of, okay, now let's focus on on putting this game uh, away offensively. Let's let's see if we can follow through on this. And what happens is Logan Thompson takes one right off the mm-hmm. beak, yeah. like flat, solid, right off the nose of, of the mask, and he has to change buckets and uh, wiggle the nose around to make, it, make sure it's uh, okay. And you're like... Can anything else go wrong? And they were managed uh, to to get through it. I, I love uh, one the the goal that they scored uh, and and the the style that it was scored uh, with the power play mm-hmm. and they moved it quickly, which is a great coaching moment. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, I'm sure, is saying, "See, that's what we have to do." Uh, and uh, Eichel with a beautiful tip in from Marcheseau and Martinez is on. Uh, it was I, I love the fact that Martinez uh, got an opportunity in the power play, mm-hmm. but uh, Stone was the third assist. You imagine if Stone, Eichel, and Marcheseau all connect after all being out, uh, <laughs> but they were all involved in in that power play goal. So uh, the, it showed uh, a really gutsy effort. That, that was the word I used with uh, several people in and around the organization last night. Was it was a gutsy performance that was built off a skill and execution. Mm-hmm. Uh, the skill of the forwards uh, being able to score those couple of goals, power play, and then two-on-one in overtime, and the execution of Logan Thompson, mm-hmm. who played the best game that I've seen him play as a National Hockey League. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I think Logan Thompson was absolutely far and away the number one star of the game last night. He was so dialed in, um, made some incredible saves. And, you know, that's kind of what you were, what you wanted to see from Logan, right? Like, you know he's capable of taking over a game like that. Uh, It was incredibly nice to see it happen against one of the best teams in the league in the Boston Bruins. And you could just kind of sense his confidence grow and grow and grow as the game went on. Didn't we say that Boston had, like, the the third most points lost uh, in in overtime or a shootout in yesterday's show. Yeah, yeah. And it comes back and bites them again. Now they're, they're, there's only one team that uh, has lost more points uh, in in overtime or a shootout. And you see where Boston is right now in the standings, leading the Atlantic. 
But if it's like Dallas last year. If if Dallas is even 500, mm-hmm. uh, they challenge for the Western Conference's top seed, and it changes everything. Uh, Boston's got to figure some of this out because that's three straight overtime losses in a four-game road trip uh, with one more stop to go. Uh, but uh, but for Vegas, uh, just just some some skill, some determination, uh, some structure, mm-hmm. a return to uh, their DNA defensively. Uh, Logan Thompson was great. But uh, but the the group as a whole with those six, Caden Korzak going in, Jonas Rombeard going in, uh, I, it just it just had the feel uh, like what we talked about with the Islander game, like what we referred to with the Los Angeles Kings. It just felt more normal mm-hmm. of a game that we're used to seeing out of the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, very much closer to their identity, right? To to what uh, a traditional Golden Knight game will look like. The, you mentioned the structure and. You know, the fact of the matter is it's it's the first time in a long time the Golden Knights have allowed just one goal or less in a game. And and we kind of talked about that in the show yesterday that, you know, goals against have been trending downward. I mean, certainly not to to the degree that maybe you'd like to see it if you're Bruce Cassidy or, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights, especially with the offense being a little bit harder to come by. But when you get into an incredibly tight game, low scoring, and you know uh, or you feel confident in your ability to either get the save or make the big play, uh, that's when we see the Golden Knights really shine, and I think that's what we got last night. That was a fun game, too, and we, we saw awesome. a couple of tweaks uh, going into the game. We were speculating about what Bruce Cassidy would do with his lineup. Uh, we were aware that Jonas Romberg had been recalled. Uh, we knew that Caden Korzak was likely headed into the lineup uh, with uh, – his uh, recall from from Henderson, so there was going to be a couple of changes. But would uh, Bruce Cassidy alter his top six? And that did happen with Jonathan Marcheseau uh, playing with Chandler Stevenson, and I thought they were really good. Uh, they had a lot of uh, jump and chances, and uh, that's not the first uh, player that uh, that you go for. Uh, to put Jonathan Marshall with because he's had so much success with Jack Eichel and he's been such a longtime line mate of William Carlson. Uh, it's it's a handful of games that he's played with Chandler Stevenson in his time here, and they they had some chemistry early on, and we know what uh, what Mark Stone and Jack Eichel can do. So um, it, it it wasn't uh, uh, a game in which. The coach had to press a lot of buttons because I thought the the players were much more dialed in mm. uh, last night. That's a really good Boston team, and uh, and you saw from the first shift with David Pasternak and what he was able to do, and generate his own chances. But uh, but it, they they were cleaner, they were more together. Uh, I thought Vegas did a good job uh, until the the push at the end uh, by Boston mm-hmm. uh, of really matching them. Uh, opportunity for opportunity, like Jeremy Swayman and Logan Thompson put on a show for us last last night, and the offensive chances uh, were just as uh, positive and uh, inspirational in a can-they-keep-this-going type of way Mm -hmm. as the defensive side of things, uh, that they continue to create really good looks while not giving up anything on the back end and taking a lot of chances on the back end. Yeah, I, I think, you know, obviously that late push from the Bruins, you you expect it, right? Like this is a, a scenario where uh, they believe in, in their ability to to find offense and, you know, the Golden Knights on a back-to-back. I, I think that maybe uh, just that residual fatigue of the last two days probably catches up with them late in the third period. 
But having said all that, I, I think for me at the end of the night, the, the biggest aspect of all of this is the Golden Knights won the special teams battle, right? Like how many times have we talked about special teams needing to be something that can propel you in these moments, in these types of games. And the fact that you're going up against the fifth best power play and the third best penalty kill in the league and you win the special teams battle, that was huge last night for the Golden Knights. Well, and, and not just winning it, Ryan, mm -hmm. but they had to stay with it on, on the power play. They had a chance early, didn't go. Uh, they had a crossover power play with they had 20 seconds on of a five on three, didn't go. Uh, they were into their fifth power play chance before they scored. Mm -hmm. they, they, it didn't affect their overall game that we've seen in other instances where there is uh, frustration or uh, the game gets away from you because you're not executing on the man advantage and uh, it pulls back the, the rest of the group. And that was really um, positive in being able to look at uh, getting through uh, some of that and, and keep your foot on, on the pedal. And they, I, I again, love the high to the cross ice pass, rinks, rink wide pass, and then uh, the, the little tip by Jack Eichel. Mm -hmm. that, that's not a play that we see a lot of. With the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Marcheseau was in fact where we see Eichel a lot. Eichel came from down low. Uh, it was uh, a little bit uh, just uh, fluid uh, with the the conversion on it. And then when they weren't scoring on the on the power play, the penalty kill mm -hmm. had to step up and buy them some time. Uh, and I loved the plays at the end of uh, the first period in avoiding going into the intermission on any kind of uh, down note. And the, the penalty kill didn't give Boston an opportunity to gain an advantage and, and put Vegas into a, a desperate type of situation. So uh, diff different ways that the power play did end up giving them the lead and the and the, the uh, first goal of the game, but they had to fight to get there by avoiding any type of uh, negativity or uh, frustration. And, and I think, you know, you look at kind of their power plays over the course of the night, I don't think that they had a power play where you look at it and it's you say it sucks momentum from your game. Like, I think that there were chances here and there, at least enough yeah. to feel pretty confident that, that if you keep at it, you keep uh, working working to what you're trying to do, you'll, you'll be able to come through. And, and that was certainly an aspect of it. But as you mentioned, like the penalty kill for me, um, especially against a Boston team that just whips the puck around so well on the man advantage, um, that was that was a huge story, and the Golden Knights did a heck of a job. And Jack Eichel coming back at the end of the second period to help kill off one of those penalties was massive. Uh, I still don't know exactly what happened with 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 Jack. He lost the skate blade, and then was pushing himself across, and then it took a, a while to come back. Obviously, got uh, got checked out from from the medical staff, but uh, he was gone long enough for it to be noticeable, yeah. uh, both on the bench that it wasn't just swapping out a skate blade. And you're kind of, I, I imagine, uh, well, as a coach, you're just coaching the guys that are in front of you. You don't really have time to be looking for updates or asking, uh, is he coming back? When's he coming back? Is he coming back for the next shift? Uh, do I plan my rotation with that? You just you just call it. But the other players are certainly uh, got an opportunity to look around and go, maybe glance down the hallway. Is is, is he on his way back? And uh, and then when the stone thing happened, uh, then then you're really uh, up against it. Just from a 
what's going to happen next type of thing. And uh, Vegas has been there a couple of years ago. Uh, can, can anything else go wrong? And uh, other stuff uh, would eventually go wrong. Uh, that was uh, a bit uh, of a, uh, a learning experience, I think, for this group to be able to grind your way through a game and come out on the positive end. And it, it would have been a, a good moral victory in a sense to make it a good game. Uh, it would have been a, a good moral victory to get a point out of last night. But to actually follow through and win the game and get back to that feeling of what they were able to do when they were the championship team in last year's playoffs mm-hmm. is just a good reinforcement of, yeah, it's there. We can do it. We're down a few guys, but uh, but we can convert on our opportunities. It did start from the goalie out. They they needed a game in which they had some, some confidence where a goalie could win them a game or buy them some significant time. I, I would put that, that on a goalie win uh, last night. Uh, the rest of it was all great, but it just gives you a, a little bit more oomph knowing that uh, that nothing is going to put you behind or in an awkward position uh, from from that goaltender. And uh, there is there is several games that you are proud of. Uh, uh, Jack Eichel certainly. I, I love Jonathan Marchessault's game last night. Uh, I, I liked uh, what I saw from Chandler Stevenson uh, last night. Uh, Mark Stone. Had a, had a really compelling performance. Uh, I thought the blue line as a whole, Caden Korzak mm-hmm. returning to the lineup. That was his first game since he suffered uh, the lower body injury against the San Jose Sharks. He took a big hit early on. Uh, he measured up. Uh, Petrangelo, Martinez on the on on the power play, uh, and then you get into Hag and Whitecloud and McNabb in the seven hundred game. Uh, it 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 was a good, really good positive win. Probably does more for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, than than a like a five one game yeah. or a four two game, uh, being able to get through it and especially against a team like that, uh, sh- I I hope is that ultimate springboard towards uh, winning consecutive games for the first time in a month. Yeah, that's that's really what it kind of boils down to, right? Is is how do the Golden Knights kind of jump off from here? And it feels like. At least to me, uh, I'd agree with the idea that, you know, this one maybe does a little bit more for you than the 5-2 victory over the New York Islanders, where there were moments, there were pockets, but, you know, you look at that as as being kind of an opportunistic game in in a sense for the Golden Knights. Um, This one feels like a a Vegas win. It feels like a, a situation where, you know, the deck stacked against you not just going into the game, but during the game, you get a great performance from your goaltender. You lean on your structure defensively and you win a low scoring, incredibly entertaining hockey game against one of the best teams in the national hockey league. Like there's a lot of positives to take out of this one. The structure was there and, and Pasternak did his thing, but there wasn't a lot else. The, the goal that Boston scored goes off a stick uh, or off uh, a defenseman uh, last night and behind Logan Thompson. So you were able to, and I know I made other saves that, uh, that kind of balance that out, but, uh, but I loved uh, the level of compete and uh, defending uh, from that group of, of skaters of those 18 skaters last night, which was, uh, which was really impressive. And uh, we'll get more into it. We have also got our game ratings and we've got the, 
a hockey parlay contest uh, coming up. Uh, we'll give you three games. You pick the winners, and uh, you will win some cold, hard cash. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. All right, some love over to Alex Petrangelo. Scores his second goal of the year, jumping into the play and converting that beautiful feed from Mark Stone in which the Boston Bruins uh, did not play it very well. Seemed to get crossed up or a little miscommunication in the neutral zone, and Pasternak didn't know who he was supposed to cover. Marchand was staying with uh, Jack Eichel. And I loved what uh, what Mark Stone did. I And I talked about it uh, with Elliot and Lawless last night in the postgame show. He's a, he's a right-handed shot. He has to really twist his body around to be able to make that pass. It's harder to hide the pass mm-hmm. uh, and the shot when you're on your off wing coming down uh, on, on that side. If you're a left-handed shot, you can shoot or you can just slide it over. It's, it's a much more natural play. Uh, Mark Stone did it perfectly and slid that puck over, and Swayman uh, got caught flat-footed, and the defender got caught uh, in no man's land, and Alex Petrangelo was able to score. So uh, perfect uh, and uh, confidence booster for even like somebody uh, such as Alex Petrangelo, but uh, Mark Stone continues to get it. And it, he, he saw the open ice. I think he was like, where did everybody go? And all of a sudden, the two-on-one came out of uh, absolutely nowhere, and they were able to put that game away. Yeah, I, I mean, it was just a phenomenal play from Mark Stone. It just is cut through into the neutral zone, and then obviously once he gets around his man, it, it's kind of wide open there. He's got to make that perfect pass, and he does. Freezes Jeremy Swayman on it, and, and as you oh. mentioned, for Alex Petrangelo, just – put your head down and and break for that far post and and don't miss the redirection and he didn't it was phenomenal there's a few things that uh, caught my attention last night and i i take notes uh, with the score clock on because i can't remember everything after i get through uh the game so the one period leads into another period and then uh uh the third period and i i need everything to to sort of rely on and i had so many notes uh through the first two and a half periods uh, and then by then you're focused on your post game show so it's a, it was a lot of fun well, one of the best games that I've seen all year uh, whether it's on TV or live but I uh, just want to run through a couple of things and then we'll get into our one timer uh, segment in hour number two we've got uh, our game rating also coming up and the hockey parlay contest but uh, just, a, just a list of things that I wrote down from last night's game mm-hmm. Barbashev, chaos yeah in the offensive zone that led to the scorpion save by Jeremy Swayman. <laughs> boy, oh boy, was that fun. Um, I, I, I still don't understand like how Ivan Barbashev didn't score there because like he, he waited an extra beat, right? Like he did everything right, but Jeremy Swayman just does not give up on the play, throws the leg up uh, and makes that save. I absolutely thought that that was going to result in a goal for the Golden Knights. But uh, yeah, you talk about fun, entertaining uh, aspects of the game. That was certainly one of them. You know, they scored on Logan Thompson a few games ago in a similar type play where he tried that uh, scorpion save and i was asked uh, after the game why did he lift his pad up because the puck went along the the ice Mm -hmm. and my explanation was exactly what swayman did and and followed through on last night was most guys try to get it uh elevated mm-hmm. and so you if you can you you lift your leg uh up a little bit uh, to try and, and make that save and uh and he was full measure on a great shift by ivan barbershev uh logan thompson 
and deflection saves. Saw a couple in the first mm-hmm. period and one late in the third period, which was absolutely beautiful puck tracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of that that um, high slot tip, right? Yep. That last one for, for Logan was just phenomenal. And he... He was so good all night long, but I, I think that you know your point on on his ability to to track the puck on those deflections and, and be there in the right spot, kicking rebounds to to like less dangerous areas too. Like I thought, Logan's entire game was fantastic, but that was maybe the most impressive part. And that was a after he had to switch masks early in the <laughs> third period. Yeah. After taking it, uh, looked like maybe the the cage had had bent back uh, a little bit. And if you're gonna get hit, and this. This will sound strange, but if you're going to get hit in the head, uh, a lot of times uh, on the wire part of the mask is the best part because there's a little bit of give in that, and it can absorb some of the blow. Now, the the, the plastic or the the solid part is built to try to uh, deflect the puck off, but uh, uh, he was able to just go with it because that looked like it uh it stunned him uh at the the first part Uh, how about paul cotter and the exchange with logan that led to the geeky chance yeah i mean that's a tough one for paul cotter right like it just kind of rolls right off of his stick right to morgan geeky but talk about logan thompson you mentioned puck tracking just being in tune with the game and, and recognizing that that you you had to be ready to go. He was locked in, and if he wasn't locked in, that would have been an easy tap-in. That was a pretty tough shift for Cotter because he, he had that play and then took the penalty. Took, took the, the penalty, penalty yeah. like 25 yeah. seconds later, and you're like, ooh. I, I was thinking, I, I wouldn't even want to come out of the penalty box. No, because <laughs> no, I wouldn't <laughs> want to have to skate over to Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> but, That's... like, to, to I mean, to Bruce's credit and to Paul's credit, like, after that, he still gave you some really solid shifts. Like, it was a good bounce back for Paul Cotter after having the flub in his own zone and taking that penalty. I thought he was good the rest of the way. Alex Petrangelo is not on the number one unit of the power play, mm-hmm. and that is uh, that, that's coaching. you you got to work with a future Hall of Famer in Petrangelo, and you've uh, had a rookie on the number one unit this week. You've had uh, Alec Martinez, left shot, uh, goes on the power play this week. Uh, I'm sure those conversations are not easy. Uh, when you're when you're handling uh, discussions such as uh, jumbling things around or tweaking your your man advantage or your lineup in any regard, but Petrantel comes through with the game winning goal. Yeah, and you know I I like the idea of Alec Martinez on the power play because he's not afraid to rip a one timer. Um, so I think that that gives you a little bit of a different wrinkle. Now that being said, with Alex Petrangelo scoring last night and given the fact that it has been a while since he has scored a goal this season maybe just maybe because that's that's happened for him uh you know you look at the 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 potential to return to that top unit for Alex Petrangelo and maybe things aren't uh, as hard to come by or he's not forcing plays because he's got that goal maybe that opens opens things up for him a little bit but I, I also really like the idea of Alec Martinez on the power play with Shea Theodore out of the lineup because of his willingness to shoot a one-timer. That's a, a big part uh, of his abilities to, to get the puck uh, in the net when he's going good. Uh, he has an underrated, underused one-timer. I uh, haven't really seen it a lot, uh, quite honestly, over the last uh, year and a half. 
but uh, I love watching him just pound that puck. Uh, when we continue, it's the Hockey Parlay Contest brought to you by Michael E. Minden Jewelers. We will give you three games. You pick them. We'll give you a cash. Uh, phone us right now, 702-493-2532. Chapman, which call are we taking to be our contestant today? Well, considering that's not the number... Um, wait, I don't think we take any. Oh, 876. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, you know what? 4932. I have no. What? Where did that come that's, from? That's my number. <laughs> wait, seriously? Wait, yeah. you gave out. You just you, gave out your, your number? number? No, no, no. I gave out my the first three digits. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. It's okay. I don't know. If you want to get, get in touch with Darren Millar. Yeah. I, I don't. Just guess the first three numbers and you're you good. Can, you can have my number. I don't answer my phone. Well, I know we found that out yesterday. Yes, I don't. Yes. I don't answer my phone, and I, I rely everything on text. So uh, give you don't me answer a, those either. Give me, give me a shout. Eight seven six, thirteen forty. There it is. Uh, give us a call. Seven zero two eight seven six. What uh, what number is uh, going to be the contestant? Well, we're going for three hundred dollars. So let's go for caller number. Nine, multiple of three. Three times three, nine. There we go. Uh, solid stuff uh, from Chris Chapman. The Mike Lee Minden Hockey Parlay Contest next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. That's the one. Parlay. Parlay. Time to parlay with the insiders. Brought to you by Michael E. Minden Diamond Jewelers in the Fashion Show Mall. Our contestant this week is Keith. And Keith, you are playing for how much money are we uh, up to right now? 300 bucks. 300 bucks because Rita came up just short last week because Chapman tripped her up. So you have $300, Keith. Uh, how confident are you feeling right now? On a 1 to 10, a solid 6. Ah, that's pretty good, considering you don't know the games. I, I I would say that you were lying if you said eight or nine, because how do you know that when you don't know the games you're going to get right now? So let's uh, let's serve it up to you. Uh, the first game it comes courtesy of Chris Chapman. Chapman. All right, all right, Keith. The team we just saw at T-Mobile last weekend versus a team that we will see at T-Mobile on Monday afternoon. So the Islanders visit Nashville 5 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, the Islanders. If I don't take the Islanders, uh, my friend Chris would be mad at me. So we're definitely going Islanders. Do you owe Chris money? <laughs> I He's going to owe me money if it's the only one that loses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Islanders to beat the Nashville Predators on the road. Ryan Wallace. All right, I got the, uh, I got the Avalanche at the Maple Leafs. The Colorado Avalanche at the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going to take Toronto in that one. Hmm. Hmm. At home, not bad. Uh, Colorado's been great on their home ice, but uh, let's see what they can do on the road. That That's a good chance that we're going to see 8-6 uh, in that game, the way Colorado's <laughs> been able to go lately. And uh, the final one uh, is the Los Angeles Kings against the Detroit Red Wings. This is a game involving a couple of clubs that could really use a boost of confidence right now. Well, this is an easy one. Anytime I watch a Pacific team play, they win. So since I'll be watching, I'll take the Kings. Really? So explain to me that. The, 
Pacific oh, I, team. Whenever I watch two Pacific teams play, it's a guarantee for overtime since I don't want both of them to get points. And then if I watch them play an Eastern Conference team, they win every time. So. <laughs> and you're like, geez, we're trying to get a lead here for Vegas, and uh, they keep winning. I could, I could see how that would be uh, embedded into you. So you got the Islanders who beat Nashville, Colorado falls to Toronto, and Los Angeles on the road against Detroit. Uh, opportunity for you if you want to switch any of those up. No. No, I think we're good. I'm now you didn't give me the Sharks game. Now, how you feeling? You were you were uh, what were you uh, four at the start? It was six, six. Okay, yeah. six. Now, what are you feeling? Uh, six and a half. Oh, didn't move up on. much. We didn't move that confident needle. <laughs> uh, half a shoe size. That's it. Uh, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> awesome, uh, Keith. You can come on and co-host the show any Going day. Here, you're, you're tons of fun. Hey, let me know. I'm available. Attaboy. Uh, good luck. Uh, $300 coming your way if you have the Islanders, Toronto, and Los Angeles follow through in uh, your confidence in their ability. So when we come back, it's hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. Our game rating from last night's 2-1 overtime victory over the Boston Bruins in which Vegas never trailed. First star was Logan Thompson and Alex Petrangelo were out there for the stars. I think Petro ended up being the, the first star because of the game winner. Uh, but you could flip-flop those, and uh, I'd be happy with either side of it. What was your underrated takeaway from that game? Uh, we'll get into it. Plus, one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. A little bit more goalie drama in the NHL to tell you about. And what does that have to do with Vegas? Nothing's happening, by the way. Nothing's happening. But there's just been some obvious connections made <laughs> regarding a goaltender who's not very happy elsewhere. It's a VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.